0: Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Stories of the New Testament, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner, In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 133 examines Matthew chapter 6, 1-4, Part 1, The Sign of Jonah.
1: The first principle of the gospel is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I think one could spend a lifetime and never come to the bottom of faith. Perhaps most of us are familiar with the following scriptures and have even been envious of the faith of others.
0: Not found so great faith in Israel. Matthew 8:10. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Matthew 9:22. According to your faith be it unto you. Matthew 9:29. Faith as a grain of mustard seed matthew seventeen twenty if ye have faith and doubt not matthew twenty one twenty one works nay, but by the law of faith romans three twenty seven justified by faith romans three twenty eight it is of faith that it might be by grace romans four sixteen Stand fast in the faith. 1 Corinthians 16.13 We walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.7 Ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ. Galatians 3.26 By grace are ye saved through faith. Ephesians 2, eight, Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Ephesians 3.17 Taking the shield of faith, Ephesians 6.16 Through faith and patience inherit the promises, Hebrews 6.12 Faith is the substance of things hoped for, Hebrews 11.1 1. Without faith it is impossible to please Him, Hebrews 11.6 Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews twelve two. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, James one six. Faith, if it hath not works, is dead, James two seventeen. By works was faith made perfect, James two twenty two.
1: I have always puzzled over Peter's statement, trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold. I am struck with the oxymoron, precious trial. Few people, when in the hurricanes of life, consider a trial to be precious. But it is a law of nature that without opposition, nothing can be strengthened. And that is why it is such a great sin to seek a sign. It bypasses the trial of our faith. Matthew 16 opens with the verse,
0: The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven.
1: The Lord condemns those who seek a sign.
0: Evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Matthew 12, 39. Tempting him, sought of him a sign. Luke 11, 16. Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. John 4, 48.
1: Signs become a stumbling block to faith. There's no saying, seeing is believing, but that is not necessarily true. The problem with signs is that even though they may seem spectacular at first, they can soon be rationalized away through logic or through science or through opposing testimony or through doubt or prejudice or counter-arguments. As memory fades, the miracle becomes clouded. If the sign continues, people become less and less surprised and begin to accept it as ordinary. The technological advances we have today would astonish those of the distant past, but to the modern mind, they are expected. In fact, science has become a stumbling block to religion. People use science to prove that God does not exist. It is ironic, but we use the laws of God to disprove the existence of God. We use the creation to disprove the Creator. A classic example is found in the last book of the great scientist Stephen Hawking, entitled Brief Answers to the Big Questions. Published posthumously, the book includes the following by Mr. Hawking, which echoes the view of scientific atheism.
0: There is no God. No one directs the universe.
1: Of course, it is a direct denial of intelligent design, the primary argument for the existence of God. He added... For
0: centuries, it was believed that disabled people like me were living under a curse that was inflicted by God. I prefer to think that everything can be explained another way, by the laws of nature.
1: On the one hand, Mr. Hawkin is certainly correct in debunking the false idea that disabled people are living under a curse that was inflicted by God. Only Satan would perpetuate such a lie relating to the Savior who devoted his ministry to healing people. Also, Mr. Hawkins is correct in saying that disease can be explained by the laws of nature. What is missing, however, is that the laws of nature were organized by God. It is how God created the world. Law is a miracle. Science cannot explain its existence. All absolute laws come from God, whether temporal or spiritual. It is through the laws of nature that diseases can be cured, and one day all diseases will be eradicated. It is according to biblical prophecy. Speaking of signs, Paul said, 1 Corinthians
0: one 22 through 22-23 For the Jews required a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness.
1: In Matthew 16, Christ's approach is very revealing.
0: He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. In the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times?
1: In other words, They see with temporal eyes, but not with spiritual eyes. Miracles can only be detected by faith. Therefore, signs of the times can only be detected by faith. Without faith, signs and miracles mean nothing. Christ profoundly condemns sign-seekers.
0: A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, and he left them and departed.
1: All Bible readers are familiar with the story of Jonah. He was commanded by the Lord to go east to Nineveh and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah went west in the opposite direction, toward Tarshish, 2,500 miles away. However, a huge storm came up. The following is recorded in the book of Jonah.
0: And they said, one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought, and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you.
1: They threw him overboard, but a very strange thing happened to Jonah. He was swallowed by a whale. An equally strange thing happened to the mariners. The sea became calm immediately.
0: So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights.
1: We immediately accept that as an analogy of the Savior, who was in the tomb for three days and three nights. However, the story grows even stranger.
0: The waters compassed me about, even to the soul, The depth clothed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption? O Lord my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, unto thine holy
1: temple. The story culminates in his miraculous deliverance.
0: And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry
1: land. Christians know that story as the prophetic enactment of death and the resurrection. A close study of the imagery, however, reveals not just the story of Jesus, but it reveals the story of our death, our descent into the spirit world, and our resurrection. But this reveals another kind of death, spiritual death. We relate to Jonah, his spiritual death, burial, and redemption. Only when Jonah calls upon Christ is he forgiven of his sins and released from bondage. Notice the images taken from the book of Jonah, chapters 1 and 2. The Lord had
0: prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights.
1: The above image, of course, symbolizes the three days and three nights that the Savior's body lay in the tomb and therefore reminds us of the connection Christ has with the resurrection. But the image of Jonah goes beyond that. Jonah is a very complex character. He was called to be a prophet, but rejected the Lord and tried to get as far away from Nineveh as a ship would take him. He was running away from the Lord. That is not prophet-like behavior. Therefore, before completing his mission, Jonah must be made conscious of his sins. Christ suffered the pains of hell in Gethsemane for our sins insomuch that he sweat great drops of blood. It was what he came to earth for. However, all of Christ's suffering ended on the cross at his death. Christ did not suffer in the tomb after his death. When Christ said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, his suffering was over. Luke continues his record. And heaven said thus he gave up the ghost. John adds the phrase, it is finished. We know where Christ was while his body lay in the tomb. He tells us himself when he spoke to the repentant thief on the cross.
0: Luke twenty-three forty-two through 43. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise.
1: He said to the thief, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Not in three days, but today. Well, Christ's body lay in the tomb for three days, but Christ's spirit was not in his body. Therefore, where did his spirit go? It did not go to hell. Peter expounds on that.
0: 1 Peter three eighteen 18-20 For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water.
1: Peter further explains,
0: 1 Peter six, For for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit.
1: That was paradise. That was where the thief on the cross went. He didn't go to heaven. He wasn't resurrected. He went to paradise where he was taught the gospel by the Savior, along with the other spirits of the dead. Jonah is a mortal man. This is the story of Jonah's repentance, not Christ's Jonah doesn't go to paradise or the spirit world. He is held captive for three days in the belly of the whale. Listen carefully to his first-hand account. While in the belly of the fish, Jonah suffers the torments of hell.
0: Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou hearest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then said I, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple.
1: Jonah is suffering the pains of hell, but he is still alive. When he said, I am cast out of thy sight, he means that he is suffering a spiritual death. In other words, he is cut off from the presence of God. He is not physically dead. He is spiritually dead. He can no longer look toward the holy temple. He understands partially what Christ went through in the Garden of Gethsemane, when for our sins he suffered the pains of hell. It is not until Jonah calls upon Christ that he is delivered from hell. He discovered firsthand what it is like to be subject to the law of justice without the law of mercy. But because he calls upon Christ, he received hope. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple, he said. The temple is a magnificent image of redemption. Let me refresh your memory of the vision of John in the book of Revelation.
0: Revelation 21, 21-27 And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temples of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is of the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life.
1: Jonah comes out of the belly of the well, a new man in Christ, and fulfills his mission. In the beautiful poetic imagery of the Old Testament, Jonah repeats the message with added information. In the first part of the images below, Jonah suffers as one that defileth, that worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, as one not written in the Lamb's book of life. In the second part, however, Jonah feels the redemption of Christ as he calls upon him in mighty prayer.
0: The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple.
1: The story of Jonah is the story of redemption. Jonah suffered a form of spiritual death in the darkest abysm of hell, where there was no light. The waters compassed him about, even his soul. He is lost to Christ for three days. The depth closed around him. Even the weeds were wrapped around his head. He went to the bottoms of the mountains. He was in spirit prison, for he said, The earth with her bars was about me. Then he experiences a spiritual resurrection. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. However, that didn't happen until after he called upon Christ. O Lord my God, yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord my God. In other words, not only will Jonah overcome physical death through the resurrection of Christ, but he will also overcome spiritual death through the redeeming blood of Christ. When he said that his soul fainted within him he is talking of spiritual death where he is cut off from god but then he remembered the savior he said i remembered the lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple that is the message of jonah to all of us the story of jonah is about the redemption of man on two levels a physical redemption meaning the resurrection of the body and a spiritual redemption, meaning the redemption of the soul being delivered from hell. Jonah represents each of us in life's journey. He brings the story of Jesus to life. After such a harrowing experience, Jonah is saved.
0: They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land.
1: The image is complete, and the rest of the story of Jonah is about his successful mission to the people of Nineveh, where thousands of lost souls, just like Jonah, were converted to the Lord. What Jonah experienced prepared him for his mission. The story of Jonah is the story of all of us who call upon Christ for redemption.